Welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review. Our several-year mission will be to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. We will be reviewing every Star Trek comic book ever published. These stories have been released by Gold Key, Marvel, DC, Malibu, Wildstorm, Tokyo Press, IDW, and others. Star Trek and all that the Star Trek universe contains is copyrighted by CBS Studios, Inc. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken. Episode number 370, recorded August 7th, 2022. So today is Discovery Adventures in the 32nd Century. Issues Issues 1 and 2. Issues 1 and 2, yeah. Yeah, the the way you said that, I, I I can see like that banner or like... Like bolt of light coming across the screen or something. Yeah, like the, a Buck uh, Rogers type thing. Exactly, with Discovery out in front of it or something. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what they were going for when they named it this. Uh huh. <laughs> because these definitely, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call them light, but especially the first issue is definitely a, more of a comedic tale because it's uh, you know about a cat, mm-hmm. space cat. <laughs> right. The whole story is from his standpoint. The second issue is about um, backstory. Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of like a little montage of uh, uh, Adira and Gray's backstory. Exactly. So we got things fleshed out more. Right. So we know how they came to be. Okay. So when we first see her. She's got the symbiote of the general guy or admiral guy, right? Yeah. From from their... Gray. Yeah, from Gray and the Admiral and whoever right. else before him. Exactly, right. Okay, so this basically shows how that all ended up happening when we meet her right. later on when she's in the, what, Earth Defense Force or whatever. Right, and it's before we meet them. Them. Not her. Oh, yeah, right. Prone, pronouns, is that the right? Yep, pronouns. Yeah, yeah, those are always challenging. These days. Uh, if you don't know what they are, yes. <laughs> or what the person's preferences are. What their preferences are, Exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so when I'm doing the synopsis for, for that issue and we're talking about Gray, mm-hmm. I could not remember if Gray went by him or if or if he was like a deer out where he went by they or them, so. Right. And did not go back and check it, so. Hopefully I, I got it all right, but. We'll see. <laughs> if, I, if I get it wrong, I hope nobody's offended or anything. Yeah, so this should be a relatively brief episode. You know, so hopefully we're not going to drone on and go too far off into the weeds and tangent fill. So should we start? Or yeah, is there start. a business to be discussed? No business. Let's just get to it. No business. Excellent. Okay, so I get to do the first one, issue number one, which has a published date of March 2022. Writer Mike Johnson, artist Angel Hernandez. Colorist, J.D. Mettler. Letterer, Neil Yataki. Senior editor, Heather Antos. Editorial assists, Vanessa Real. Or Real? Um, Real? I don't know. Story consultant, Christian Beyer. Cover A is dominated by, of course, Grudge the Cat. And that's Grudge, not Grunge. I keep getting that name wrong. I I thought it was grunge, but it was grudge. And so the cat's got a grudge all the time, I guess. His head takes up the center with Discovery streaking upward, just right of the center and covering Grudge's left eye. 
like some kind of feline monocle, the, the saucer section. Clear hexagons are arranged into almost a crown that encircles the mighty feline's regal head. At the bottom is an orange planetary surface with at least seven spheres that appear to represent planets or moons. The cover is by Angel Hernandez. The retail incentive cover presents Grudge staring out a discovery porthole and beholding a planet with a ring system. To the left of the ringed planet is an outline of discovery, and to the right is a more normal-looking rocky planet. Grudge the Cat is looking out of a window into the black, thinking to herself that she is not a cat, but rather a queen, the ruler of all that she surveys. A glimpse is offered into the queen's life with Cleveland Booker, her loyal human, aboard her ship. Occasionally, the queen would be required to remind Booker who was in charge when the silly human brought onto the ship a gold-colored morsel with fins in a water-filled sphere. The queen immediately knocked the sphere off her ship's control console, which sent the sphere crashing onto the deck. Wait, no water. And the finned morsel is trying to get away. That will not be tolerated. The queen pursues and closes her toothy mouth around the hologram? It's a hologram. My human knows how much I dislike holograms. The queen fixes Book's little red wagon by not allowing him to look upon her for a week. Book seemed to learn his lesson until he brought a human female aboard. He referred to as Burnham. Over the queen's objections, the Burnham stayed and eventually proved somewhat useful from time to time. But then came her friends and that big dumb ship. Her ship was swallowing their ship, her ship, up inside of it. They were forced to leave their ship and inhabit the big ship filled with so many rooms and other human and human-like things. Some objected to the queen's presence, which was most rude. The queen was just trying to get used to her larger domain when that damned spore jump happened for the first time. It was most unpleasant, so the queen was forced to register her displeasure the only way humans seemed to sufficiently understand a puddle of green regal vomit on the deck of a frequently traveled hallway. That will teach them. Eventually, Book, Burnham, and she departed the big ship on diplomatic missions. On one such mission, where my humans left while I guarded the ship, the most important decree was finally carried out. Book returned to the ship without Burnham. Finally, things can get back to normal. But wait... It was not my book. Whatever it is, it smells wrong. The queen gives whatever it is a warm welcome with her claws out. The pretender has the nerve of shooting at her, and worse, calling her a rodent. After her tactical retreat, the alien pretender sits down again in the pilot station and into her trap. The queen activates the force field restraints, that are part of her human security precautions. The trespasser howls in frustration with his sudden immobility. Exhausted, the queen gracefully plops herself down for a well-earned nap. 
Later, Book and Burnham finally return to the ship, surprised at the immobilized trespasser. Book says he recognized him, and the prisoner confirms his motivation was to steal the Queen's valuable ship. Well, of course it was. The prisoner says the abomination stopped him, which is both rude and correct. Book and Burnham are surprised and lavish appropriate accolades on their hero queen. The queen polishes off a local delicacy provided by Book and takes another well-deserved nap. Well, they really are well-deserved, aren't they? And she dreams. In her dream, she finds herself quite appropriately in the Discovery's captain's seat, with Book and the crew looking on with admiration. The end. I like that last shot where she has a little communicator collar. <laughs> or a little... I don't know if it's a communicator in the future. Yeah, it is, right? It's still a communicator, right? The logo? The pin? Uh, the pin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, only now it's a transporter also. Oh, wow. Which yeah, is amazing. Right. In the future, they have amazing technology. 900 years in the future, you could do anything you want. Exactly. So... Not only a communications device, but a matter transportation device. Amazing. Well, I mean, Data had a little portable transporter, too, and Nemesis. That was small like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you have what the script needs you to have, don't you? Right. And by the way, those things in Discovery, the pins, they are, or badges... It's not just a remote control for the ship's transporters, right? I mean, it's actually a transporter? Yeah, I think it's actually a transporter, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Anyway, so there it is. You found out what Grudge has been thinking the whole time. Right. And little did we know that Grudge knows how to use the holographic control board. (laughs) Yes. Well, it always seemed like they tried to present Grudge as maybe more than just a normal cat. At least it seemed like that to me. Right. And uh, who knows? Who knows what, what cats if, are like What if future? we find out that she's the same species as Isis? <laughs> and can turn into a human when she wants to. Oh, okay. Or maybe that thing in the uh, that took out one of the eyes of Nick Fury. Uh, well, at least Marvel. I was trying to stay in the same, same franchise. Same franchise? Sure, if you want to yeah. jump into a different franchise, sure. <laughs> Okay, so you're thinking she works with Gary Seven, or a no, future so Gary she's Seven. She's just uh, the same species. Shapeshifter. Did you think Isis was the only one? I don't know. They kept her mysterious. They kept right. her mystery. And so now with uh, the revelations of uh, Picard season two, now it's who knows what she was. Oh God. I mean, I, I um. I know you could call that a retcon. No, let's call it a retcon. Or you can call it not a retcon, depending on how much of the expanded universe you, you consider as canon or not. Right. But um, I don't know. I think that whole retcon, well, I'm calling it a retcon. I, I understand the point that it's not a retcon, which you made right, in the past. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I understand that, but still, I don't know. I, 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 do you think you'd want to see that actually in a TV series? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I it'd would. be cool to see, you know, uh, Wesley, Wesley Crusher character, I guess. 
and I guess more of of, of what's her what's the robot's name? Uh, well, I know she's I not a robot. She's not a robot. Yeah, I don't know what her uh, Soon's daughter's name was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it? It was. I was something Greek name, right? Like a, a like a goddess or a demigod yeah. or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot which one it was. Right. Cool. Anyways, yeah, I would I would like to watch it, but who knows if they're gonna make it? I doubt it. But I'd, ra- I'd rather know. see that than Section Thirty One with Giorgio. If I if I got to pick. Yeah, I could skip both. <laughs> but yeah, whatever, whatever. Uh, I, I think there's a lot more interesting things to produce than that. Right. Either one of them, but we'll see. Well, let's get back to Grudge here. Let's do. So what do you think? Um, I thought the story was good. I liked it. I mean, I really liked all the thought bubbles from the cat. Mm-hmm. My only complaint, and I, for whatever reason I didn't have it when I was watching the show, is I kind of wish they would have put some nose ridges or something on it so that it looks like an alien cat instead <laughs> of just a normal cat. So the goldfish has ten eyes, but their cat still only has just normal cat features. Right. Well, speaking of the hologram goldfish, mm-hmm. ten eyes. Um, okay, so that's not your... What are you referring to that has ten eyes? Yeah, the goldfish. Oh, the, the goldfish has ten eyes? Oh, yeah, you think has- those dots behind the big eye are additional eyes? Yeah, the four oh, little eyes on each side. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was well, just has, markings. He has two big eyes and then eight little eyes. That that adds up to ten. Oh, I don't think they're eyes. Uh, they could be eyes, but I don't think uh, they are. They are eyes. Zoom oh. in on it. It's oh. eyes. Okay, you know for a fact. Of course, yeah. Okay. I, I do not accept that uh, fact <laughs> as fact. I, I accept that as interpretation. But whatever. Uh, it's a hologram. So why would you build into a hologram the ability for the fish to fly? Maybe that fish actually does fly. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, if it's if it's a ten-eyed fish, obviously it is an alien goldfish. Right. With the ability to fly built in, which is exactly. handy. Yeah. Okay. So I, it, to some degree, they, the hologram tried to make it realistic. And then, to some degree, it was like, why they build all the things into it they did. I mean, the programmer of the hologram. It just, it, just thinking that this hologram was probably programmed, it just seemed interesting what the programmer of the hologram chose to build into it and not build into it. Right. So. But, of course, it would have been less uh, exciting if Grudge couldn't chase after it a bit. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, because we had to think, oh, he's going to eat it. He's going to get it. It's uh, no, not real. Yeah. So speaking of not real, I, I really was not a fan of the green Pac-Man that were chasing book on the, the page earlier. The little green fuzzballs with the, the teeth. Fuzzballs. <laughs> yeah, they look, they look like Pac-Man. They look like a green Pac-Man with teeth. Yeah, they do. They also look a little bit about, um, what was the name of the little shop of horrors uh, planet? Oh, Audrey 2? Audrey 2. There you go. Yeah, I could see that. It looks a little bit like Audrey 2 to me. But yeah, they're big and they're green and they're very toothy. 
Yeah, they look like tribbles with mouths. <sighs> Big tribbles with mouths. Right. And green hair, yes. Yeah, looks very silly. Yeah, it is kind of silly, quite frankly. Uh, the blue alien looks fine. It's an Andorian. Oh, is that an Andorian? Yeah, a, a future Andorian. Uh, with very stubby antennae. Right. Okay. I'm pretty sure we saw an Andorian in, in the last season of Discovery, so... Oh, did we? They, they look like that And now. they had stubby antennae. Okay. And then the little eyebrow ridges. It's the Discovery recreating a classic species. Exactly. Okay. You know, it's not the first time they've done it. No. But we'll have things a little different. Like Klingons. Or a lot different. And then I guess the third thing they showed was the big thing from one of the first episodes. Right. With book communicating with it or something Ex- like that. Or something like that. And then it was in the ship and it came out at just the right time to uh, take out some bad guys. Oh, so this is explaining where it came from? I guess. I, 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 I'm assuming that's the same thing as they had in the... What was it, the first or second episode of the new season? Right. Well, it was the third season, right? Well, the new season that they're in the, the, the you know, uh, 900 years in the future. Right, yeah. Their That's first what I meant. Of, yeah, the first season of the 900 years, yeah. There you go. Of the time jump. I thought it was pretty funny how the cat had begrudging respect for Stamets. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to you. You're a bit of a princess, just like me. Yeah, so uh, Stimmons and, um, uh, what's her name? Um, ah, what is her name? Oh, the engineer? Yeah. Um, ah, I forgot what her name is. Dang it. She's like my favorite character in the show. Tig Nataro is the actress. I forgot mm-hmm. her character's name. I don't remember. Oh, well. But... Yeah, I really, I really like her, so that was probably my favorite page. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, it was one of my favorite jokes, too. But yeah, I like how um, Grudge liked Hilly, the fiery redhead. The fiery redhead, yes. Who she does and doesn't like. Right. I thought it was uh, funny but gross about her reaction to the black alert. Yeah, but we've seen that before, right? Where Did other we? people have thrown up when they oh, well, first, okay. when they first uh, jumped. Yeah, it affected people. Right. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. So the first time when uh, Burnham is exposed. And then they kind of went, you know, dial it back a bit after that. Yeah, once you got used to it. Yeah. I thought so the I artwork did... was really good. Yeah, I was going to say that about the... The only bad thing is that it shows Discovery, but mm-hmm. it's all, like, fuzzy for some reason. Did, did you think so there on that, where it has that one page of all Discovery? Just seems fuzzy. Oh, yeah, about, it does seem picture. a little out of focus. Right. And that's directly after such a clean, well-executed drawing of Bookship. Right, right. That's really good drawing. I, so it is Bookship, right? I mean, it does, has no real formal name mm. that, that we know of. Do they never call it anything? I don't remember ever hearing it called anything. Yeah, maybe it is just called Bookship. I don't know. Anyway, but I do agree with you. The, the next page it has a nice big full-page drawing. Of discovery, and it does look like it's fuzzy and out of focus. And it is the um, the pre-refit version of mm-hmm. discovery. Yes, the nacelles are actually attached. Right, and it's NCC Halloween, no A, no A. Oh, okay. 
Uh, Halloween. I don't get that. Yeah. Oh, 10.31. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Okay. Didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah, and by the way, if I didn't say this before, I'm really not crazy about the, the detached uh, nacelles. But did I say that before? Uh, we've said it before. Okay. Uh, I'm I think it's just an unnecessary... fan of the Discovery period. I know that it's like, a, you know, based on one of those original mm-hmm. Ralph McQuarrie drawings, mm-hmm. but... I'm not a fan. No, it's not that good looking as shit. But I yeah, mean, when I, 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 I like Discovery. I like the series. But if I had to order them by, you know, by, by the ones I really like and stuff, it wouldn't be towards the top. Yeah, it would be towards the bottom with uh, the animated series. <laughs> there you go. And, and again, I like it. I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying that it's just... So, some it's of the so execution, some of the execution decisions just seem odd, right? Yeah, and I just think that out of all of them, it's the one where, I mean, now four years in, you're finally getting to where you're like, okay, I kind of know who all these people are. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the first two years, you knew who Giorgio and Burnham, Burnham. and and Saru were. That was it. Well, well yeah, I guess Tilly had a little bit, yeah. And then everybody else was very loosely, thinly drawn, right. Yeah. They were just not very well developed. Background, literally background extras. Mm-hmm. We need someone <laughs> in that chair, so we're just going to put somebody in. Yes, yeah, so we have to fly the ship. What's her name again? I don't know. She's the one with that thing in her head. Mm-hmm. You think nine hundred years in the future they could have taken that off? Did they ever say anything about her getting the option of removing it? Uh, I don't remember them saying anything about that. But it's a Maybe. good point. It's like Jordy's getting getting rid of the visor eventually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, that was my last comment. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah I think, uh, yeah. That's all I got to say. It was good. It was serviceable. I will say one more nice, other thing. Nice little um, story. I like the, uh, the logo where they have the word adventures and they have the little delta in the A. For whatever reason, oh, I think that's a really cute little that. logo. I like that. That's good. I like how they do that. So right. they have a special little font thing. Right. Yeah. Nice. I didn't notice that. Interesting seeing Mike Johnson writing again. I mean, he wrote many of the ongoing issues, didn't he? Yeah, and I think he's going to be writing the the new ongoing, which is the Cisco one. The Cisco series set between Nemesis and Picard. Oh, cool. Okay. Did not know that. I think I saw that he was going to be doing it. Okay. All right, so he's not just a contributor. He's he's mainly writing most of it. I think so. I might be wrong, but okay. I thought th- I thought that's what I read. It hasn't come out yet, so I don't. Right. And so is this is so this is limited or this is ongoing? The, the they said ongoing in the article I read. It said it was a new ongoing. So whatever that means. Okay, but this one. Uh, oh, this one. Adventures no, no. in the thirty yeah, seconds. Four issues. Just four issues. Okay. Okay. Four issues, so they maybe yeah I think it's just four. So half of the issues they just use giving backstories for a few characters. Yeah, and that's uh, each one's going to be that. So the third one is about um, uh, what is her name? The one with the cybernetics oh, on her eye. So all of them are going to be just and then backstories the fourth for one is that lizard guy that had the cold the one time. Oh uh, my god, really? Yeah, which who always struck me as just an Orville ripoff. Oh, really? He just reminds me of, uh, you know, one of the background aliens from Star Trek, the motion picture. 
You know, remember well, when they had like that, yeah. that scene in the break room or the launch pad or whatever? Yeah. And there's just all these random aliens that you never see again. Oh, right, but... Okay, so in the Orville, there was that obnoxious alien guy. So, uh, what, uh, Seth and the, and the first officer would be in the, in the elevator on the Orville. And then the obnoxious, like, alien, like, with, lizard with guy the, would come in and head. just start talking their, talking their ear off. And right. they're all, like, uncomfortable and stuff. And then not too long later, we see sneezing lizard guy come into the turbo lift. I mean, wasn't it turbo lift we first saw that guy? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the first time, but yeah, that, that sneezing scene was in, the, was in there, yeah. Right, okay. It just, it, it may have, they may have had nothing to do with each other. One might not have been inspired at all by the other one. It's just that they just, they just remind me of each other. Yeah, the lizard guy's name is Linus. Linus, okay. The uh, STD lizard guy. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay. So, interesting choices of which characters to focus on. Yeah, no, it is. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So, should we do issue number two? Yeah, let's see how it gets better, worse, same. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so, issue two has a publication date of April 2022. The writing and art staff is all exactly the same as issue one. There's two covers that I could see. The first one is by Angel Hernandez, and it shows Adira and Gray, just their heads, inside of the sphere or the saucer section of the USS Discovery NCC-1031A. And then the other cover is by Aaron Harvey, and it shows Adira, and then to the right of her is a shot of the Discovery kind of flying way in the background. And then at the bottom, we see the pools there on Trill where they do the transfer of the symbiotes. So I think you can even see a couple symbiotes swimming in the lake. Story starts with Adira getting dressed for the day, and she's looking at the Starfleet uniform with a little bit of dread. I guess this is the first time she's actually worn it. And then her thoughts start drifting back to the past before everything changed. And then so we flash back. We get a little explanation of the burn and how Earth has built this giant generation ship to travel from Earth to Trill at some sublight speed. So it's going to take a very, very long time. Adira and Gray are passengers aboard the ship. One morning, Gray wakes up Adira with a surprise. Gray has introduced a command into the replicators so that they can request more than their allowance of food. So the command is simply Gray's Amazing Orchard. And then when you say that, then you're supposed to be allowed to get an extra apple for the day. But instead of just one extra apple, the replicator starts spitting out dozens of apples. So as they're all tumbling to the floor... They are caught by Admiral Sina Tal. So the Admiral sends them to his office. He informs Gray that he is dying and that he only has a few months left. And that since Gray is the only other Trill on board, that means the symbiote will need to be moved into him. As a few months pass, the Admiral does indeed die and the symbiote is moved successfully into Gray. 
Though Gray never wanted to be a host, he is adjusting quite well to the new role, and he flourishes. Until the ship is hit by an asteroid, Idira is saved within a life pod, but Gray does not make it, and the medical staff moves the symbiote into Adira. And then it seems like Adira has amnesia. I don't know if that's ever mentioned in the show, but she states that she doesn't remember anything except for like some flashes of Gray and the Admiral. And then as time passes, more glimpses show up of their lives. And then eventually Discovery shows up. And then the events of the episodes start happening, and Adira joins the new Starfleet aboard the 900-year-old ship. And then the final page shows Adira playing the cello with Gray sitting on the bed behind them and Grudge sitting on the bed as well. The end. Oh, how cute. Grudge ends up in this issue also. Yeah, A little, question, a little background character. I question why Grudge is there. I guess this is when Grudge is making her way around the ship. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Her imperious highness... <laughs> is got to be able to check out her new domain, her expanded domain. Right. So that's cool. So some cats, I mean, I've never owned a cat, but friends, I've gone over there places where they've had cats. Some cats are very shy and hide under the bed and you never see them. And then some are very cool, you know, hanging out. Right. Um, and uh, this one, Grudge, though, Though uh, surly, a bit surly, it, she, uh, she does like to walk around and see people. Yep. Now, speaking of seeing people, can Grudge see Gray at this point? Oh, well, that's an interesting. See, I wouldn't think question. that she could. Yeah, because this is before Gray has his own body. So, right. Was that a robot body or was it grown? Uh, uh, they I said forgot. it. It's. It's a similar body to what Picard has. They even mentioned, oh, they kind of name drop right, Picard right, in that, right, right, in that right, episode. Right. Okay, so it's artificially made, but it's got wet stuff inside. Exactly, yeah. Got it. It's like a synthetic human. Right. Or a synthetic. So kind of like an alien. Yeah. What's maybe. his name? Ash and Bishop. Bishop. Or was Ash the first one? Right. Yeah. Okay. And then Bishop came in the, the second one. I like Bishop better. Okay. And then Colin, the fourth one. And then Col- David in the fifth David. one. David. Colin? I don't remember Colin. Not Colin. I said Call. Oh, Call. I don't remember. Yeah, Winona Ryder's Ryder. character. Oh, okay. Cool. And then what was uh, the last one? Walter. Yeah, because it, it, it ticked me off because they were all purposely A, B, C, D, and then they jumped the W. <laughs> uh, you didn't even see what you were doing there? Come on. All the Come androids on. had sequential names. Mm. There you go. Anyways, so what would you think of this book? I, To be honest, I do not remember her ever saying she had amnesia. No, but maybe she was past the amnesia by the point uh, that Discovery picked up. Mm. So maybe the amnesia wasn't important at that point in time to be discussing with new characters or new people. Right, maybe. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. She got amnesia from the trauma of the generation ship being hit. So, or of having the 
the implant or having the symbiote put in her. So was she asleep okay, and they just okay. put it in her while she I, was knocked that's, out? That's the impression I got. I, don't, it, I had the impression she didn't have any say in it. But, wow. I mean, well, they didn't say one way or the other necessarily. And when she's on the operating table, was her eyes awake? Uh, well, it's after her eyes are awake, yeah. But she says, I didn't remember who I was, where I was, how I got there. Right, right, right. So it's just like, so she gets knocked out and then... The Earth medical staff just like, eh, just put her in the there. symbiote in her. Put the symbiote in there. Yeah, yeah I don't it's know. horrible. It's, it seems like a really big violation. You're no longer even going to be you anymore. Well, and not only that. We've made that decision like, for you. Okay, so didn't. Okay, so Riker had a symbiote put in him. Right. So having humans as hosts has precedent, but isn't there more risk or whatever? Yeah, and with it was humans? only a temporary thing. Like, I, right. I think that so, it couldn't live in Riker for very long. I mean, I just found... Okay, so so you're on the generation ship. It gets hit with an asteroid that is going so fast, it couldn't be detected, and you couldn't avoid it. So even if you detected it in time, you couldn't get out of the way of it because it was going that fast. Right. Now... If something hits a ship, now this is a big ship, still, something that fast going through the ship, I would think it would atomize the ship. So how could anybody survive if you were hit like that? I, I, just, I just question that. And so, so maybe they were in a part of the ship that was the furthest away from the impact point, so maybe that part of the ship got thrown clear? It says she was in an escape pod. Well, how would you have... Okay, yeah, they did say that, and I object to that. How the heck would you have the time to get to a life pod? If you're hit by a rock that was moving so fast to be detected or avoided, because they actually literally said that. Right. Or just throw your shields up. Well, yeah, exactly, because you have shield technology, too. How would you have time to get to a, a life pod? I don't know. Or, or, or maybe that part of the it. ship was thrown clear, and then it had life pods on them, so they did have time to get to a life pod? Oh, let's go with that. That sounds good. Okay. Because otherwise, I have a hard time buying that. Uh, that. That anybody wouldn't have been atomized by it, but whatever. Right. But whatever Earth Defense Force picked her up, mm-hmm. I mean, if she was knocked out, even though she was with Gray and he was dying, why would they move it into her without her consent? Yeah. Which this book really implies that. Where I never got that in feeling from the from the show. Mm-hmm. You had the feeling it was more of a choice, right? Because it was her yeah. lover, right? I mean, it right, was her, exactly. her partner, and you know, if you could have your partner with you all the time, then why? You mean, of course, you would you would choose that to right. keep them alive, right? Um, that's the feeling I got from the show. But here, it kind of implies that she didn't have a say so, or uh, they didn't. Yeah, but they don't really say hundred percent. I I agree with you. I got the impression they just put it in her, but we don't know for sure. Maybe she didn't yeah. have a choice, or maybe but, maybe when they put it in her, they she he they got uh, amnesia. That's what caused the amnesia. So it was consensual. Then that then it went in, and then it didn't work right, and that's when the amnesia then, happened. Yeah, because if you had amnesia from the impact of the accident, then you might not have even known who Gray was. Right. So why would you 
put this slug in your body. I don't know. Anyway, we're probably overthinking this. I think we're definitely overthinking this. <laughs> so what do you think of the generation ship? I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I think it's Maybe a pretty cool design. Before it blew up. Before it go blowed up, yeah. Now, the only thing is, uh, I know it's an Earth ship, so it's not a... It's not a Federation ship, but quite frankly, it seemed like Earth and humans had an awful lot of say in how starships were designed. Right. So this thing looks nothing like a Starfleet vessel, which I which is fine. It doesn't, and it, I think it looks kind of cool. But um, it looks a lot like the Sulaco from Aliens. I mean, okay, it definitely has the alien vibe. I I agree with that. Uh, I got a Halo vibe, so it looked right. like the Pillar of Autumn to me. Yeah, and 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 Halo borrows a lot from Aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, look, at, well. look at their guns and stuff. It's just like, hey, I've seen that gun before. Just added an extra doodad to it. Oh, Halo borrows from Aliens in the in the rifles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I have an Aliens assault rifle. The Pulse Rifle? The Pulse Rifle. Yeah. And then I've got a Master Chief's MA-37 Assault Rifle that I'm looking at. And, uh, I mean, they're both rifles, but they don't look you that don't... much alike. I don't know. I know that when but, I'm playing the game, I always feel you, you, like... You think of that? Yeah. The Pulse Rifle, especially right. when it has the little counter. The, oh, yes. The way they do the ammo counter. Good point. Stuff. Good point. Yeah, that, that... Good point on that one. Although, where they put it on the uh, Aliens pulse rifle is good, for <laughs> is good for the audience, but not necessarily good for the soldier using the gun. Whereas, uh, they put it in the, like, the back sight kind of thing of the Halo uh, rifles, and that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. A lot more sense. Because when you're in the middle of firing, you really don't want to say, how many bullets have I had left? Hold on. Hold on a second. I've got to look at the side of my, my rifle. It's better than what they have now. Uh, true. True. You have to pop the clip to see or just what you count got left. Every shot. Well, you could do that too. but <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I thought it was a, a, a cool design. Um, it's kind of greenish, though. Right. So... Romulans, Borg, um, and uh, Earth <laughs> makes uh, green-tinged... Uh, oh, Klingons. So some of the ships are yeah, green. So maybe it's just made out of copper and it's just turning green. Oh, there you go. It's, what, is it oxidation or whatever? Yeah, which wouldn't happen in space. But Probably not, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a cool design. No, it is. It's cool. Yeah. Definitely not like Starfleety, like you said. No, not Starfleety at all. But again, this was far in the future, right? Right. When you take a look at the Starfleety, or <laughs> Starfleet, they're all over the f- map. So maybe I should temper my comments. So speaking of Starfleety, when the Discovery shows up, why is all the ships, I guess those are like star bases or something? In Earth orbit, why do they all look like they're made out of glass and crystal? Oh, well, is that part of the... uh, If I remember correctly from that episode, wasn't that like part of the defense shield or something? 
automated defenses of Earth? Well, I know that the. I mean, you can kind of see the shield underneath it, Discovery. Okay. So yeah, I, but, I don't know. But I thought they had orbital defense platforms that shot things. Do they? Okay. If I remember correctly. It's been a while, so I don't know. Yeah. That, that's what, you know, at first I agree with you. It was like, well, what, what are all those star bases doing? And it's like, oh, well, maybe those were the weapons platforms rather than some kind of star base. Right. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very white and almost like light blue glowy a little bit. Yeah, I do find it funny that both of these comics so far has the refit discovery on the cover and then inside the book itself, it's still just the old... 900-year-old ship. Mm. Yeah, you'd think they would have the 900-year-old ship on the cover on if the that's covers. all you've got in the book. I right, agree. exactly. That is something. Good point. That's all I got to say. Yep, same here. Uh, I mean, oh. I enjoyed the books, but... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice on the second cover that it was the pools of Trill or whatever. Right. And, but you're right, because they got the covers in the back of the electronic file. And, yeah, uh, yeah they look like little little mini whales. Right. In the water. Good point. I did not notice that in the smaller uh, cover I had looked at uh, prior to this. Yep. Oh, I did think that when the ship got hit, and it was, like, violently destroyed, <laughs> the generation ship. Right. And then, like, the explosion is, like, orange-red, yellow kind of look. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, and then there, But the... I guess the asteroid and the ship are colored the same gray color, so it was kind of hard to figure out what was asteroid and what was ship. Okay, where, where are you seeing the asteroid? I don't know. Isn't that... Like... So at the very top, yeah. we see the, the butt end of the ship, and then we see a little bit of explosion, and then we see a big rock thing, so I'm assuming that's the asteroid. Where's that the under- thing? Oh, that, that, that blue sphere in the upper left? What? No. No, the big okay. chunk that looks like rock. I right. don't see a big chunk that looks like rock. Okay. Um, I mean, since it's all colored the same, it's hard to... It's hard to okay. I'm just not out. picking it out. I just yeah. see orange, yellow, red, explody kind of stuff, and then right. ship parts. Yeah, but see, I don't think that one part's a ship part. I think that one part's a part of the asteroid. The part that doesn't have any windows. I think that's all ship. Uh, okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I assumed it was the asteroid because it doesn't okay, have so, any windows and stuff. So at the very top of the page, that you think is a, is the asteroid? No, I think that's the ship. Okay. And then, then, then when the explosion starts, there's a big chunk that has like little spikes and stuff mm. to the right. I think that's the asteroid. And then underneath that, we see more okay, of the I, ship. I understand now what you're what you're saying, interpreting as as the asteroid, and I I interpret that as more of a ship that's been violently blown to bits. But I could be wrong. Yeah, it's just that we don't have... When we see the ship earlier, we don't see those, like, spiky things. Yeah, so that's why I'm that. thinking that's the asteroid. I agree with that. But it doesn't matter. Like but, I said, if... Uh, you know, it's, it's such a violent, concussive event. Again, I don't know how anybody could have survived that. Yeah. And another thing is, if this is a generation ship, 
whose express purpose is to go far distances over long periods of time, and they're on the ship, and they're living their life, and they're reprogramming the replicators to give them extra apples, and they're getting into trouble with the uh, Admiral, and, and then they get exploded. So they mustn't have been too far away, or else Earth forces wouldn't have been able to rescue them. Right, exactly. And if this is a generational ship, then right. you need more trills than one. Otherwise, the generation's going to end pretty fast. That, that's oh. what I didn't understand. I mean, how long were they expecting the, the trill guy to live? Or Gray to live if they were going to know. Did, actually make it to trill? Uh, and Gray's I, even saying well, that he wanted... Well, what's wanted, the purpose of going to trill, per se, as opposed to any place else? Yeah, I don't know. And if it is a generational thing, then they're going to spend the rest of their lives on this ship. Yeah. But Gray's like, yeah, I, I plan on working in the lakes and helping other other people become hosts. How are you going to get there? Exactly. You're going to be you're dead. Be dead by the time he gets there. Exactly. And so I, and you're like the. I mean, he may not be the only. No, actually, they said he was like the only young trill. That's why he had to do it, pretty much. Right. I mean, how could he not see this coming someday? Right. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Okay, very good point. So not a lot of forward thinking going on here. Right. But, again, shouldn't overthink it, maybe. Yeah. And and if you're thinking this far ahead, I mean, if if you're this far forward in time and your replicator technology has probably gotten pretty good, then why would you even bother rationing food that early in the flight? I don't know. I mean, because uh, you would think that they could make it to other planets and replenish their stocks like Voyager did. It would just take a lot longer between planets than what Voyager had to do. Well, that never made sense in Voyager either, quite frankly. I mean... Okay, I, get, I, I guess if the replicator needs to have... Okay, so this is back to... We, we have arguments about how transporters work and then knowing how replicator science works. So replicator science needs to... It doesn't make up matter out of... Well, you can convert uh, energy into matter. It's possible. And that could be the basis of... Oh, that's right. Poop. Yeah, is exactly. That it? That's right. right. So they said that in, in Voyager. So, no, they said that in Discovery. Or Discovery. Um, so you do need to have some matter to start with to be able to transfer it and create an apple. Right. Okay, so that makes more sense. Right. But the idea of creating matter from energy is theoretically possible also. And that's the way I always thought replicators worked. In uh, next gen, right? Although they never really, well, did they ever explain it? I don't know, but they explain a lot of stuff and then walk it back. <laughs> Definitely, the idea that it, uh, replicators take in poop is uh, it makes sense, but it's unexpected, an unexpected revelation, right? Okay. Yeah, they just wanted to have a poop joke in Discovery, that's why. I think that must be it. He said that. There you go. Uh, okay. So, yep. So next week, back, and we're going to uh, read three some... Three and four? 
Linus and what's her name? Denim Dirt. Uh, starts with a D, right? I don't remember. So that's the uh, pilot. Yeah, the one with, with the, the implant, cybernetic face implant. Ah, man, I, f- I hate that. I forgot her name. Oh well. Yeah, I I don't recall either. But yeah, good character as much as we know about her. I, I guess we know more about her in the later episodes of Discovery than the early ones. But we're gonna find out a whole bunch about her. Or not. <laughs> or not. Well, it's. I mean, isn't that the point of it? Yeah, it seems like it's all a dream, though. So. Uh, oh, you've read ahead. No, I'm just looking through the pictures. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll find out next week, or we'll find out next time. Right. Exactly. In episode three seventy one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sure. I wish I knew what her name was, but yeah. I'll find out <laughs> next week when I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember. But yeah, the Linus one looks really cool. It looks <laughs> like it might be a real story. Uh, okay. Well, why would that be more of a... Okay, because so, you're looking ahead. You're, you're paging through it. Issue yeah, four. I just looked at the pictures. Okay, okay. <sighs> the sneezing guy from the turbo lift. Think of, think of all the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, he's got to save the ship. <laughs> Not just walk around it, think it to himself. There you go. Okay, cool. Anyways, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's it, kid. Yes, Donovan. And thank you all for joining us on the review. Later. Thank you for listening to Star Trek Comic Book Review. All Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios Incorporated. All music, stories, and characters discussed are for entertainment purposes only. You can email us at startcomicbookreview at gmail.com. Visit us at our website www.stcomicbookreview.com Subscribe to us via iTunes or friend us on Facebook at first name ST Comic, second name Book Review. See you next time on Star Trek Comic Book Review. <laughs>